Okay, so Labor Day was two, three weeks ago now, and you guys with kids back in school, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, It feels a little bit like whiplash right now, John. Oh, man. Like, uh, oh, it's fast and furious. Like summer, just this summer particularly, it was just really rich for our family. We we were pretty intentional about um, about our connection as a family and getting some play together. We had a couple couple little family vacations. Um, grabbed some stand up paddle boards this summer and got out onto lakes together and and had some joy and. Uh, and it feels like where did those days go? Mm. We, we are we are running <laughs> from sporting event to sporting event and yeah. school to school and oh man, it's it's full tilt. Yeah, fast and furious is just perfect for it. I mean, we're in the throes of it, the activity, and and we are not necessarily a high activity family. And I promised I wouldn't be the dad. That sign the kids up for all the things. Right. Right. But we have the kids doing all the things. <laughs> and I think the motive is love, but it's yeah, it's 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 treasures from summer that feel miles, ages away. Yeah. Um, and yet and yet there's mm. there's something good percolating. Mm. Something really good, some hopeful thing. Friends, welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. John Eldridge in the studio this week with Alex and Morgan on our team. And this actually isn't a back-to-school podcast. Um, What we felt would be helpful would be a conversation around transitions. Transitions, changes, um, the changing of seasons, because that's a universal human experience, and it sure seems to be very common uh, you know, with the threshold of, of Labor Day and people kind of getting back into their their work schedules and, you know, shifting from summer to fall. And those of you who live in, you know, Arizona, California, Texas, there's this thing called fall. <laughs> <clears throat> Weather changes, the leaves drop off the trees. Anyway, it's really quite beautiful in many places of the country. But it is a passage, right? And we thought that just some reflection, while we find ourselves in the midst of it, would would be good to riff on. What's the experience like? What does the human heart do with it? And, and then maybe some thoughts about how to navigate transition. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I'm watching your lives with compassion because mm. We are a fairly disciplined group of people. We we have grown we've grown very comfortable saying no to things. We we don't feel swept up in the you know white water of the world and and its priorities, values, and pace. And yet, mm-hmm. and yet, even the even the most well intentioned can just feel. You know, just swept down, you know, new thing, new thing, new thing, transition, mm-hmm. passage. Um, and it just it just feels helpful to talk about that a little bit and to name it. 
So what does it feel like, mm-hmm. just beginning with, what does it feel like to be in transition and to, and to feel like, whoa, I mean, we have just left one season and we are full on into the throes of another. Mm. What, what's just, just name the emotional experiences of that and the, and the thoughts that go through. John, for me, I'm aware that there's a propensity to just start reacting mm. and shift mm-hmm. subtly to survival mode, right? You just go, crap. And crap kind of meaning I just have to self-protect. You react and you're in survival mode. And and I think the danger for me is that's my false self. So I know how to do that mm. sort of thing. Um, but but what happens is I go underground and and time goes by and I just miss what I just named the with God life. And so that's the alternative. I think mm. I would say there's a tug of war between Okay, just surviving and but uh, hunker and, down and reacting yeah. and reacting, yeah. contrasted with a posture, a, a soul openness of curiosity of the with God life of God. What is the unique provision? Mm-hmm. What are you up to? Mm-hmm. How do I navigate this? What do I have to look forward to with anticipation? And and um, but that's a real tug of war, and I feel it at work. Oh gosh, yeah, Morg, I think. Um, that that's a great, great word for it. And that reaction thing. And I, and I think for me, what I would say is, um, or how I would name it in me is, is managing my world. Like I just find myself in this place of, of um, okay, now I've got to I've got to manage this whole new set of things. The back to school, the the activities with the kids, the. Um, the work is picking up. Um, it just feels like I'm managing all these different spheres. I'm, I'm the circus guy with 20 plates in the air, and I and and I'm just trying to manage it. And um, and so it's it's like you said, it's that that's the propensity to go toward, um, and and it's not it's not the direction I want to head. Mm-hmm. Boy, is it easy to get swept into it though? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it feels it feels like the good is gone, whatever the good was, you know, that's mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just in all the stuff that has to happen. That's right. Well said. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. I don't like that life. I don't now some of it is some of it is absolutely necessary, right? I mean the those of you who are back into a school rhythm, you know, you're you're in the throes of all that. Those mm-hmm. of you who are starting a new job, you're in the throes of all that. Those of you who are, you know, um, just the gal that uh, my dental hygienist was telling me about, you know, her husband just deployed and now she's single mom and she's got to juggle all that. And right. those are just realities that have to be faced. Yeah. Okay. So it, we're not describing or, or maybe adding a burden of blame mm-hmm. that these things can somehow be avoided but holy cow the emotional experiences this is all unavoidable this is inevitable and and the good is gone and uh in a recent podcast Alan and I were talking about agreements and the power of agreements what are the agreements that you find yourself making in times of transition Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess this would be an agreement um, 
but I, um, as, as we were just talking, I, the thing I was also aware of is kind of that tendency to jump forward, hmm. right? Like the good is gone. Now I'm in the chaos of, of this kind of transition season. And so I start looking toward, oh, well, I'll, you know, Christmas is coming. I'll, I'll put my hope there. You know, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of get by right now and get done what I need to get done so I can just get to the good that's coming later Yes. instead of being present in, in the now. Yes. So kind of an, an agreement with, you know, yeah. now I just have to manage my world and, right. and look toward good later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah John, you kind of ruined me. In all things new, <clears throat> with that with that mm-hmm. phrase where you said, "Every good thing comes to an end," of just to put words to that deep soul feeling of every good thing comes to an end, and, and that was meant to be the promise of the kingdom, right? That yep. was meant to beckon our hearts into, yeah. um, no, no, actually, that is to make us thirsty for the reality that the kingdom is coming now, in part in its fullness. But I can feel with change, almost like, um, I guess I, I, w- I would name the agreement is um, I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. I'm a victim that every good thing ends and I'm left a victim. And it's subtle because it sounds strong when I say it out loud, but I know the fruits of it because I just mm. get defensive. And, and Alex, I appreciate your term, managing my world. I shift to, well, if it if I'm a victim, I at least can manage this, and right. and it's a it's it's a very self centric mm-hmm. view of reality mm-hmm. that it's very small and um and and frankly exhausting, mm-hmm. rather than um, the good is prevailing. That's the major theme is with every season there is good coming, and mm-hmm. so I I'm aware of that agreement that causes me to stay in a victim role that just doesn't produce life. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is really really helpful because. Um, you know, we have listeners that are teenagers and mm-hmm. we have listeners who are in their 90s. And so, whatever the particular circumstance you're in, there are universals to the human experience of changes of season, changes of transition, things passing. Um, and, and the two things that I'm struck by right now, first off is um, in the immediate moment, all change is perceived as loss. Hmm. That's just a that's just a soulful reality because we don't know what's coming but we do know what we had and right. it's not here anymore, right? right? So, you know, you you're more clear of what what you just experienced has left. You know, we had summer, it's gone or we had, you know, a wonderful time with my parents but they left or we, you know, I love the classes that I had you know, last spring, but now I'm in a whole new set of classes this fall, and I don't know what this is going to be like. So, all change is perceived as loss mm. initially. And I, I really think it's helpful to name that so that we can shepherd our souls through it and not just make wholesale agreements with loss, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's over. Mm. And um, and I want to name, name these two things and, and riff on it a little bit, but and the other thing that you're describing in terms of like get control, spin the plates, you know, do what needs to be done, the human soul naturally seeks equilibrium. We don't like feeling off balance. 
right? Just as physically, you hate that feeling of, whoa, you know, lo- suddenly losing your balance. The soul doesn't like it. And, and the soul will immediately seek equilibrium to try and stabilize things. Okay, so get control, you know, start start throwing cargo off the ship to try and get it to, you know, ride the rapids better or whatever it might be, whatever your version of equilibrium might look like. Um, feeling it as loss and looking for equilibrium. Okay, so given those two interpretive tools, can you kind of see now how that's how that's playing itself out? either in this season or seasons of transition that you've had? Yeah, John, the idea of experiencing all change as loss is really helpful for you to put words to because I, I've i been thinking, you know, I was saying to Sherry, boy, if someone would have told me we would have an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old and we would have like this much happiness and joy in life that we have now, if someone would have told me that five years ago, 10 years ago, I would have just been at such ease. There would mm. have been a a, a relaxedness mm. that I missed out on because it was it was anticipating the negative, right? Mm. It was feeling the the, the mm. loss. So yeah, I yes. really resonate. That's that's very helpful to think. And well, well, it it was your dear wife who was in my office Uh-oh. years ago, tears filling her eyes. <laughs> Asking, what did I do? No, no, no. Asking, what do I do with the passing of these precious years mm, yeah. of of little ones? Mm, yeah. Right when it's just the park and it's the pool yes. and it's learning words and you know. And she was just so struck by these days are going so fast yes. already. Yes, right. But had you known, yes, that more joy was coming, more goodness was coming, Absolutely. it would have it would have helped. Right, right. Because there's this reordering now. The, the kind of the the alternative of that is seeing like uh, there's a greater good with every passing season as we are apprenticed mm. in the kingdom that actually even particularly with our kids I, I can say with joy and confidence every season has gotten better mm-hmm. yes it's struggles yes it's setbacks but in time and over time there's been more joy like uh, more goodness that we 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 were not anticipating. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Morgan. Um, that loss thing, like, I guess I'm struggling with that quite a bit right now um, because I've got Eli's a sophomore in high school, um, so what? just started a sophomore year. What? Zoe is going in. She started her freshman year, and um, and so like I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like three years with Eli, and then I don't know what's next. Feels like our our life together just keeps getting better and better, but I'm also aware of this kind of impending thing that's coming mm-hmm. in three years and four years. Yeah, Eli, Zoe being launched into life. I know they'll be good, but like, man, I, there there is a lot of life behind us that I that I just um, there, there's a part of me that really wants to go back and recapture that, mm-hmm. and it and I can't. This can be with aging parents, yeah. you know, as 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 or, or if you are an aging parent, and um, and just the experience of it feels like most of life is in your rearview mirror, right? And you know, feelings of I don't know how much longer I have my parents, or I don't know what to do now, as you know, 
some conversations recently with friends whose parents are not doing well. They're not aging well. You know, age is having its effect on memory and, and, and mind and body. And that too, it's just, oh, it can be such poignant loss if we don't have a a larger interpretive framework for it, right? It, yeah. it just feels like eventually everything is lost. And, right. and um, so we, you know, so we seek equilibrium. We, right. we eat, we drink, we get busy, <laughs> we, we do whatever helps us feel better in the moment <clears throat> rather than shepherding our souls through change and through transition in a, in a more... I guess I just want to say um, conscious way, being being right. present. Um, I think one of the season changes that um, that hits people really hard is physically, is is just the changes of uh, body. You know what you, what you were able to do at sixteen. You know compared to what you're able to do at at thirty six, and then you know I turned fifty eight. Uh, this summer, and uh, there's just limits. There, you know, I I'm thankfully a, still a, a very healthy uh, body, but but with its aches and pains, and find myself we Stacy and I in our house call Advil the M and M of the fifties. <laughs> Ibuprofen is the M M&M and M of the fifties. Alex, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, you, right? <laughs> you just find yourself turning to it more. Gosh, that was a long. That wasn't a long walk. I think I need. I think I need some ibuprofen. Or you know, <laughs> and physically, this can really throw people. You know, the 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 physical <laughs> changes um, that are part of transition. It's funny you bring that up, John, because I was, I was building a, um, a shelf in my garage the other day, like big shelf, like it was a lot of work, two by sixes and power saw. And so I was like bending down and standing up and holding stuff up on the wall and moving around. And, and two days later, I went for a, for a walk and I was like, my hamstrings are killing me. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, what did I do? And I forgot that I had that I had <laughs> put a ago. shelf in yeah. my garage, which when I did oh. physical work like that in the past, like I didn't mm. I didn't feel anything afterwards. Mm. I only feel something if I go do a workout. Like that that was just mm. doing work around the house. But like I was really sore, and I've taken the whole week off from running and you know not much biking <laughs> because I'm too sore for uh. it. Yeah, we were on a vacation this summer, and we happened to be in this art studio, and we happened to see this bronze sculpture. I forget the artist, but it was called The Nine Stages of Manhood, and it was an arc, a bronzed arc, three-dimensional, and it was fascinating. It starts from the birth to the grave, and on this arc are these bodies in different stages of masculinity. And <laughs> Joshua and I are standing next to each other. Joshua's 14. He's taller than me, faster than me, stronger than me. The herd bull has been dethroned in our house. And we're both looking at it. And the first stage is, you know, the kind of someone emerging, a baby boy. And then there's this growing boy. And then there's an adolescent. And then at the top of the curve is a young, heroic man. 
and it's actually a ladder, and then you start falling off the ladder about your 40s, and then there's this whole thing. And I'm looking at and I just feel like city slickers, you know, like uh, just like getting depressed. And Joshua's like just eating something going, what a weird statue, but it's really cool. I'm the strong guy, you know. And the, 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 John, the reason why I have to share that is like mm. it, it unnerved me for weeks mm. because – Mm. I'm at the peak going, falling off the ladder, whereas Josh was still mm. ascending, so he's loving it. But it was a really good soul exercise, mm. to your point, to say, in the curve of humanity, I've peaked a while ago, and I'm cresting down. What do I do with that? What do we do with What that? do I do with that? And for three weeks, I, I sat with that. And it's a whole other story of where God took me. But to face the reality of it is very disruptive and is very um, enticing to lead us deeper into actually what the kingdom says is outwardly we're wasting away. And yet inwardly, something utterly different is intended to be happening, mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. are growing. Mm-hmm. We just need to be honest that for the most part, unless unless it's bailing you out of a difficult situation, we don't like change. Human beings don't like. It's the same thing with time. You know, we weren't meant to live in time, and and you will hear people constantly making you know comments about time, like "Whoa, where did the time go?" and "What? It's four o'clock already?" or "I can't believe what happened to August." Was Brad's comment this morning as we were filling out some paperwork, and it's you know, and he's like, "What happened to August? Where did that? <laughs> where did it go?" Right? We're we're already deep into September, so um, we weren't meant to live in time. We we are eternal beings that find ourselves now in this school of change. And the school of change has a lot to teach us. It really does. Um, and so I think what would be good to do is pause, let people reflect a little bit on this. Yeah, how am I responding to change? What 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 are the transitions that are happening in my life right now or or that I may have just passed through without reflection or that I see coming? And and just name some of that, give some reflection to it, and then come back in part two. And what I'd like to do is talk about shepherding our souls, shepherding our hearts through, you know, what can feel like loss, what feels like a grasp for equilibrium. But in fact, God may be very richly in. So friends, you've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with Alex Morgan and John part one of some reflections on times of change, uh, times of transition, and we'll be back next week with part two. 